You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. While you're there, download our Sound of Heaven mobile app. It's absolutely free. There's a digital Bible on there, so you can follow along with us here. Uh, But much more, there's an online community that you can be a part of. We ask questions, we laugh, we post funny things. Uh, But beyond that, you can also get all of our teachings. So it's a great resource. And if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications if you can, leave a five-star review. Those help uh, a ton in terms of getting us in front of more people. People love to read reviews and uh, they make their decisions based upon that. So if you've been blessed by this program, then please, by all means, share that. Uh, I'm excited to continue with you today through the parables of Jesus. We're actually going to cover two in uh, one shot today. Uh, We have gone through the parable of the sower which we took five days to go through that. Then yesterday, uh, we went through the parable of the wheat and the tares. We got through that in a day. And today, we're actually going to get through two because they're very similar, I believe, in their message. Now, a parable, of course, is a story that has an underlying meaning. And Jesus taught in parables, uh, one, because they would be relatable. Stories are uh, certainly relatable and he used topics that they would understand like we've been in like agriculture right it was an agricultural uh society at that time so they understood uh the relation between the stories and uh the meaning uh, well some of them because uh part of the reason why Jesus also taught in parables was to hide the actual meaning from those who were not in the crowds with good intentions, right? They were there to try to trap Jesus, to try to persecute him, to try to mock him, and they weren't paying attention anyway. So when you start talking about sowing seeds in the ground or wheat and tares, and you know they're wondering what he's babbling about because they're not really searching for a meaning. And I think that says a lot for uh, you know a lot of society. Uh, there are some people that are willing to learn, willing to understand, uh, even willing to disagree and dialogue. And then there are others that, you know, have no interest in uh, dialoguing or no interest in truth for that matter. They want to live how they want to live. And uh, you, I think understanding the two is really a good way to allocate your time, right? I talked about this before. Uh, the difference between an argument and a discussion is an argument is about who is right. A discussion is about what is right. And you could totally disagree with me, whether it's on doctrine or whether it's on even the concept of there being a God at all. As long as we're respectful, I love to hear why you believe what you believe. I will sit down and have a cup of coffee uh, with anybody. Uh, but the second that you know, it starts getting disrespectful and it really becomes a waste of time, you know, and we, we've gone through the parables here uh, where we see the parable of the sower, where it's all about good ground is the ground willing to receive uh, the truth. Um, And 
that is what we strive for, right? To be good ground in, in all the areas of our heart, you know, to open up uh, so that we can bear fruit in our lives. And, you know, there are times and people and times that we and others are, their hearts are hardened. They don't want to receive any type of truth. So we're going to go through the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven. But before I even get started, I want to uh, just throw up a quick prayer for my sister in the Lord, Sandy. Sandy is an avid listener. She's a huge supporter of the show. Uh, she is a part of Sound of Heaven. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of lights at the Sound of Heaven. She is certainly one of the brightest. I love her very much. She is Let's just say getting checked out by the doctor right now. That's all we need to say. But we've been praying for her over at Sound of Heaven. We'll pray for her here uh, before we get started. And I just want to remind you to pray. <laughs> pray for those. Who pr the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And if you are in Christ, you have his righteousness. Amen. So, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray over our sister Sandy. Uh, we know that she is in your hands, that she is going to be okay, Father. If there's any anxiety or frustration or any bit of upset going on, we just cast that out in the name of Jesus and just pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding to guard her heart and guard her mind, and also that you would guide the hands and the minds of the doctors because you are the great physician in Jesus' mighty name. Okay. We love you, Sandy. So let's get this going. Parable of the mustard seed and the sower. And this one is actually um, somewhat debated, and I like that. Just like my brother Andy asked uh, yesterday, why are there so many denominations? I'm going to put out something on that for sure. Um, but uh, it's okay that we can look at something and interpret it differently, right? The core of our belief is that Jesus Christ is Lord. He was raised from the dead. He was God in the flesh, is God in the flesh, and that there is no other way than through him, right? That's where I... Uh, the, I, we can we can build on that, right? We can talk about baptism. We could talk about communion. We could talk about a lot of things and go back and forth. Those are the core vitals, okay, uh, right there. It's all about Jesus. So as long as we agree there, I think that we've got something to build on. Now, this these two parables, th there is a uh, thought that has kind of gone through church history for a long time. And then some commentators out there that I absolutely respect as well, kind of take a different perspective. So I'm going to give you both of them today. I'm going to give you a little bit about of my perspective. Just remember study to show thyself approved. I may share something that you uh, disagree with and, um, you know, uh, you, you may have, you know, outlooks and interpretations that I disagree with and that's okay. You know, that's how we sharpen one another. We dive in. And as long as we are respectful, the challenge sometimes with the church is that we devour each other over our differences instead of working out. Uh, and I said this uh, recently when I was uh, invited to speak somewhere, you know, one of the most powerful things in my life, uh, you know, in terms of even my walk with God is when I realized that not everybody who disagrees with me is wrong. So it's uh, very good to challenge your faith in the sense of really asking yourself, why do you believe what you believe? Okay. Because a faith that can't be challenged, right? We've said this before is a faith that can't be trusted. Okay, let's get into these parables so we can get on with our 99% and do something great for God today. Okay, starting with verse 31, Matthew 13, 31. 
He presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. And this is smaller than all other seeds. Now, some people will try to say, that's not the smallest seed. Jesus is wrong here. It's called hyperbole. He's he's just showing you it's a small seed, okay? But when it is full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air and the nests uh, and nest. Oh, okay. Let me read this right. So that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Okay. So we see a small seed being planted in the ground and becoming a big and beautiful tree. Okay. So for most of church history that I can find, um, and mainly my perspective here as well, is that it shows that a small seed can turn into remarkable growth. And if we look at the immediate audience relevance, you know, Jesus, a carpenter, you know, from Galilee, from an area that was not really looked upon highly, is giving them truths with, you know, surrounded by a couple of fishermen and tax collectors. You get what I'm saying here. And what Christianity has grown to, not perfectly, if you look at man and human behavior, but the message of the kingdom has grown from a little baby in a manger to what we are studying today. So all the fullness of the new covenant, right? So we look at it through Jesus's presenting the, the mysteries that have been founded since since the foundation of the world of the world right and what is small becomes remarkably big and scripture even tells us do not despise small beginnings god loves the beginning of a work of a good work right so we also see in scripture that faith the size of a mustard seed can what move a mountain so this is a to some, a beautiful representation of the growth that happens in the kingdom of God, the growth of the church, the growth of the faith, that, you know, something that starts small can be great. I think you're getting what I'm saying here. I don't want to belabor the point. Uh, But it also says that this tree harbors birds, right? So I want to give you the other side of the coin where, you know, there are some commentators out there that believe also that the representation of the birds is a representation of corruption in the midst of all this. And the reason that is, is because in Hebrew literature, birds are looked at as emissaries of Satan, right? That that has been uh, presented. Uh, also, we see in the parable of the sower that the seed that falls on the hardened ground, what the birds come in and swoop it up. So do I take a strong position in either way on this? Uh, I lean more toward the concept of the small things becoming big and beautiful. Uh, But I think we'll see. I'm going to read through the next part, and then I'm going to kind of circle back here um, because I think there is an even underlying kingdom principle that I've alluded to so far uh, that we can lean on for today as well. I'm going to now read through the parable of the leaven. 
Okay. Starting with verse 33. He spoke another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which is yeast, the yeast that goes into bread, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables, and he did not speak to them without a parable. And we talked earlier as to why he did that. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things since the foundation of the world. Okay. So obviously Jesus is releasing ancient mysteries, right? The mysteries, mysteries to us, humanity, not mysteries to God. You know, the new covenant, uh, the restoration of the relationship that God had with man in the Garden of Eden where he could walk with us every day. He does that through us with the Holy Spirit inside of us today. Um, that This was God's plan all along. Now, we had to go through a tough process of the law and all that, um, but here we are, right? Now, I wish that the church would understand the victory that we walk into today uh, because then I believe a lot of the challenges in the world uh, would not be here. So we're actually coming up on our 1% here, uh, but I want to go through here and take a look at the, the parable of the leaven. Leaven would have certainly surprised the, um, the, the audience, the Jewish audience, because leaven was not always looked at in, in very similar to the birds, right? Leaven was not looked at as... Um, favorable in this type of light. Okay. Also important to note here that the three pecks of flour with the leaven would have fed about 150 people. So the same as where the mustard seed becomes this giant tree, um, that amount of dough and flour would have been an enormous distribution. So it, just not proportionate. So you could look at this again, very similarly, you know, there are um, somewhat contrasting uh, 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 viewpoints here that a little bit can make its way through and become something massive, right? So we could look at that as a positive. This is where I don't think either could be totally wrong. And I think this is okay uh, when we get the underlying you know, I, what I think is the message or what I want to share with you today, but a little bit can make something very, very big and, uh, powerful in both directions, right? Leaven is used in scripture. Yes. As corruption, but it also, you know, again, we're talking about, you know, the supernatural to some extent growth. So we could pick apart how she hid it in there and this and that, but Look, this is what I want to get to, okay, as, as far as the universal kingdom principle here, is that you have to mind the small things, because small things quickly, and sometimes without even, before you can even realize it, become very big things, on the positive and on the negative side. One of my favorite uh, uh, proverbs it says that a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty comes on you like an armed robber, right? I've read that one before. That one kicks you in the butt. It's basically saying, you know, the small decisions that you make every day 
the little procrastinations somehow lead to loss. You ever, you know, get caught unprepared for something and you realize that, hey, if I would have just done a little bit every day, uh, I could, uh, maybe I wouldn't be in this situation. That brings you back to high school and, uh, you know, tests and uh, homework and stuff and projects and things like that. If I would have just done a little bit every day, uh, I would not be so unprepared the night before. How many of you can relate to something like that? Uh, but also on the flip side, right? Faith the size of a mustard seed. I said it before. Can move a mountain. Still, something little in the hands of God can be so, become something that makes the impossible possible. On the other side, this is out of Song of Solomon. Beware of the small foxes, the small foxes that spoil the vineyard. Right, those cute little foxes that are just scurrying along. You see them out of the corner of your eye if you owned a vineyard. Well, those little foxes are day by day eating the little grapes. And when it's harvest time, if you don't do something about those little foxes, they can spoil your harvest. So think about that in the context of your life. The small compromises that you allow every day can build up into big problems. Go back on the other side. The widow's might. Small coins, the smallest, most useless coins in all of the all of the land. She gave those. Now, we're not talking about anybody else's offering that day. We talk about hers. Because, again, the condition of our heart, the giving it to God, it was the greatest offering in the room. So the, I believe, and you could reach out to me and let me know what you think, that whether you fall on the side of, you know, the mustard seed and the leaven being something small that it turns into something big and beautiful, or, you know, you lean on it, it showing the, the birds or the leaven being something of, you know, corruption in the midst. You could make the case, I believe, for either in the sense of what the other parables are saying, right? Even the parable of the sower, you have, you know, the hardened ground. You have the parable of the wheat and the tares that we, you know, read yesterday, right? The separation of those that are of God and not of God in the world, right? But what we could all, I believe, agree on is that small decisions, the small things have a big payoff. And what does that mean for your life? If you would just make the small decision to just set aside some time for prayer every day, what would that mean? That thing that, you know, it's been on your heart. Maybe you want to learn a new language. Maybe you want to learn a new skill. What if you just took 10 to 15 minutes a day and practice on it? You want to learn how to play guitar. 15 minutes a day. Where would you be a year, two years from now? Calling somebody to say, I love you. Right? Five minutes of your day. Hey, I love you. What could that do for a relationship? I'm going to get a little personal here. Talk about myself and my wife. You know, we celebrated 15 years this year. And you know what I realized about a year to two years ago? Between five kids, you know, both with careers, you know, run, helping to run a church and, and, and all this stuff, I realized I wasn't doing the little things that I used to do anymore. And our relationship was suffering because of that. And it didn't take much. <laughs> It took my realization and saying, you know what? I am going to consciously do these things. And at the time of this broadcast, and I don't expect it to change, 
We are stronger than we've ever been. And it was the injection of small little things every day. Every day. And maybe it's just this podcast. This podcast is about 20 minutes a day. We're at 20 minutes right now. I know I promised in the beginning 14 minutes and 40 seconds, but I'm an evangelist. I, you know, I, I'm all about good news and, you know, when's a good time to stop talking about good news. But that's what I want to just instill in you today as you go out today. And we're going to close is that the universal kingdom principle is whatever you do, no matter how small in the hands of God, like, like the seed that go, went into the good ground in the parable of the sower comes back 30, 60, 100 fold. It gets multiplied. It goes beyond anything that you could ever do yourself. So whatever it is, whether it's something that you want to work on personally or especially something that's going to draw you closer to God, start small. Don't begrudge small beginnings because small things become big and beautiful when they're in the hands of God. That happened all throughout the Bible. God takes humble beginnings and brings kingdom glory through those things. And he does it so that the world looks at it and doesn't take credit for it, <laughs> right? It says that he uses the foolish things of the world. And I could be on that list to confound the wise, to show his glory. He'll use your weakness to show how strong he is. But you got to trust him. Trust him with the little things in your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we love you. Father, help us to really mind the little things in our life as we head out today the small, intricate things in our life that can make a huge, huge difference. And let us trust you, Lord, to just put those things in your hand. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. You're listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day and then head out and do something amazing with the remaining 99. I love you guys. Go do something great today. Be a blessing.